So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Regan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Here we are back with another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast. As usual, we've got myself, Leo and Toby with us. And it's after a week where we had our South African-Argentina game, the last game of the rugby championship that will be played outside of Australia, it seems, which we will talk about in a little bit. And for a second there, it seemed like the rugby championship might be headed off overseas, heading to Europe, maybe South Africa, maybe not even happening at all. So a lot of drama going on, but it seems like we've finally got a little bit of sense coming to the equation over the last 24 to 48 hours. But first off, South Africa, another win over Argentina. Um, boys, what do you think of this? Because I think, I think the South Africans are starting to get a little bit annoyed at the rest of the world complaining that they're playing boring rugby. I mean, they win 29 to 10, two tries in this game. Um, pretty dominant, really. Yeah, but you could criticise them for being a little bit conservative and a little bit boring um, based on their form and, you know, the the effort that Argentina's gone to travelling around and then be, being beaten in the first game. You'd think South Africa would want to come out strong again and pile on the points, get a bonus point, uh, sit themselves in prime position ahead of their contest with the All Blacks at the end of this rugby championship. And they just... They sort of grounded out. They they didn't come away with as many tries as they needed, and took took penalties over tries in a number of circumstances where they were deep in the Argentinian half. Like I think they kicked a penalty from about eight or ten meters out first off. Fair enough, I guess that's the style at the moment. Make sure you put some points away, but that's a prime opportunity to put a scrum down ten meters out and score a try and get get on your way. Yeah, I think it just maybe they they consider that there's just bigger fish to fry. They've got their eyes on the All Blacks and Argentina, even though last year they were showing quite a few good things. I think they've been quite underwhelming this campaign, probably for a number of reasons. Um, but I think South Africa has a bigger plan in mind and, and not having to play the All Blacks in New Zealand is huge for them. Um, it gives them, I think, a massive advantage. And I'm not sure they're going to be good enough to knock off the All Blacks for this rugby championship. I think the All Blacks will bring enough in terms of point scoring ability and just almost pure athleticism and skill to beat this South African team. But I think you'll see them mix things up depending on their opponent. I think the fact that if Australia try and play ball in hand against the box, they're going to play a, a you know a similar game of kicking and territory and just grinding, you know, grinding teams into submission almost. So um, what, what team is going to make them change that game plan? Because I don't well, think the All Blacks. I think you have to. Lions think, are that similar. No, I think for the All Blacks you have to play a different game plan. I think you have to play a bit more up tempo. However, the All Blacks kick more than say the Wallabies. Um, 
So whether they get into a bit of a kicking duel with the All Blacks, I still think the counter is very important for them, as it is for the All Blacks. So that's why I think head-to-head they're often, when they come to play New Zealand, they're going to play a similar game to New Zealand. But I just think New Zealand will be better at that. Um, I don't think you can grind, you can play that grinding out game with New Zealand and succeed. So I don't think you can constrain them to, you know, under 20 points and get a win that way. I think you've got to match them in terms of point scoring ability. And Yeah, I agree with that. Certainly then the other thing the All Blacks have going for them that the Springboks can match seems to be lack of errors, just basic errors. They're not turning ball over. Um, they're being fairly well disciplined. Um, like that's saying that Australia hasn't managed for 80 minutes. And I think that's what puts us behind uh, at times in the game. We just, we just have a bit of a lapse, spill a bit of ball and the All Blacks are lethal with the counter. The South Africans are, are being strong, possessing the ball. They're playing a little bit of grindy phases, but if that's how you get through some of those periods where there's a lot of pressure, I think the key thing still is to not turn the ball over, not give up the pill. For anyone who hasn't seen what the Springboks are doing, I think you've probably noticed from what we're alluding to, but they're very much keeping it in the forwards. There's not very much um, ball getting out to their wingers. I mean, Mapimpi scored in this game. That was on the back of multiple advantages in a um, Argentini, Argentina team that was very short um, after multiple penalties. But Colby is very minimally seen, I think, unless he gets into halfback, like what he did towards the end of this game. Um, they're doing multiple amounts of boxes, lots of high kicks, and then getting their men underneath and contesting those balls, which they seem to be able to force errors and get back. Um, Argentina, do you think they're going to pose any threat in the coming weeks? Um, we saw them, they shifted from Sanchez at 10 to Domingo Miotti, the young gun that they thought might flare something a bit more expansive, um, a little bit less sort of kicking orientated, but he seemed a little bit overwhelmed with the pressure that the Springboks were throwing at him in this one. Yeah, they, they definitely looked better with Sanchez on late, like the the offloading and the intensity um, and and just the awareness um, that Sanchez has, like they, they were going up the field and getting balls through all sorts of tiny windows to each other. And that was, you know, it, that's that's why they looked and did score late in the game and almost scored just beforehand. So um, I think we'd say they should definitely stick with Sanchez. He's a, he's a more mature head. I don't think they're ready to try and outgun anyone. They need that sort of, you know, um, suave, skillful 10 um, who, who can link up with all those players around him, all the loose forwards and all the outside backs. Yeah, I think the only threat that maybe the Pumas can pose is to us, Australia. Um, And I still think we're a better team than Argentina. I think, you know, last year they were playing, you know, the right way for for getting those sort of really tight results, a couple, you know, a few draws in there. But I think we've come a long way, actually, in terms of our attacking play from last year. I think we can, um, you know, enjoy some free-flowing point scoring against the Pumas. I think just, I honestly think South Africa is going to go back towards that plan they had in the World Cup where, you know, it was very much against scoring off counter-attacking opportunities and maybe the All Blacks don't give them as many as even someone like England did in the final. But I honestly think they'll be focused on scoring a greater amount of points. Sure, they might take the threes when they can, 
but I think they'll know they'll need to score three or four tries in a game against the All Blacks to actually get a victory. So what do you think um, Australia stacks up against this team? Do you reckon we have the ability to counteract that um, sort of intense kicking game? Do we have the skill under the high ball um, to try and diffuse sort of those bombs that they're going to put up? In terms of the Springboks? Yeah. The, yeah, I guess they are playing a slightly different style. Like some teams put that bomb or the, the uh, box kick up and don't really look to catch it cleanly. They're only really putting a guy up to knock it back, um, which is a lot easier because you can go full arms reach and you really only need a glancing touch and then it becomes a 50-50. And if you've got guys around it and, you, and they are expecting that as a plan, ball can bounce can go with your with your players forward as well so um that's something which maybe the argentinians or the springboks might be more likely to try over the all blacks feel like the all blacks are trying to take that clean catch or just nail our player and overrun them at the ruck change possession when we're on the back foot and have no defensive line um so i guess that that probably means we we need to put a few more people around the ball I don't like the, the shepherding and I've, I've actually liked seeing that they're calling players, uh, calling penalties for running off a line to try and uh, block attacking or kick chases. But uh, it's, it's not, it's not well reft yet. So I think you still probably need to get a few bodies around and just make sure your man has a clean go to go up and take it. I think Banks has that capability for sure. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the risk is maybe we've learned our lesson against the All Blacks, but if we play into the hands of their counter-attacking ability with Colby and, you know, Willie LaRue at the back, Mapimpi in good supporting, I just think they have a lot of quality across that back line to counter-attack the smart footballers. And, you know, we're going to have to make sure as, as Wallabies that we're, you know, really aware of that and not taking any sort of risks. Um, I feel pretty comfortable with Marika and Kellaway, though, if that's the starting pair. Yeah. I'm actually pretty comfortable with those two against it's more those the, two. It's just the experience, I think, in the halves a little bit, plus with our centres that are continually changing. That's like, frustrating. Again, do you see... We might see some of Karevi come into this this equation for the next Bledisloe, which, if he has a good game, will lead into the South African games. Um, but, it's again, it's a new centre pairing that we're not used to playing. Yeah. Um, and you, you're pairing that with the inexperience of, of Noah unless James O'Connor's back. And I, I haven't heard much about him. I think he's still doing his rehab. Um, they could go all but, the way back to O'Connor at 13. Who knows what they're going to do? Well, they could, but I don't, I don't think, like, I don't think his match fitness would allow that. But, that yeah. yeah, I, I think, think he's a 10 now. He's our best 10 if he's fit and healthy with Noah in the wings, but Andre Pollard, Rich Moanga, even Sanchez, these really experienced, confident guys at number 10 for the other teams, I think are just better at directing their, their outfits around the field. And they just don't make those mistakes. at such a rookie quarterback, not quarterback, a rookie fly half at age 21 is going to make like, you, that's forgivable. I think for Noah, he's still learning, but it does mean that there's those opportunities once or twice in a game, that the best sides can take advantage of. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has got a long way to come before he's got the experience of a Sanchez or a... <laughs> Mark Sanchez? Um, <laughs> NFL is Not obviously getting way too close to us. Um, 
the thing that has been sort of lately put up is probably the strength and um, size of the South African centres with Dialende and Lucania um, as being sort of powerhouse in defence as well as um, stalwarts sort of trucking the ball up in attack um, and whether New Zealand will be able to cope with those with their sort of newer centre pairings of Pavilion, ALB or Rico, depending on who it is. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit closer to the Springboks All Blacks game, but it will again also be an issue um, for the Wallabies Springboks game, as you guys have just highlighted, with our sort of continual sort of rotation at centre and whether Samu is the solution for that, bringing size and experience um, all at once and whether he can slot in well would be very interesting. But we do finally have a date for the third Bledisloe. It is in Perth. It is on the 5th of September, Father's Day in the afternoon. Um, lovely time for rugby in the West there. Uh, very glad to see that this did happen. For those of you who missed it, it was supposed to be this coming weekend. Uh, the All Blacks were slighted to, um, were chartered to get onto a flight. Um, and then pretty much the morning of that flight uh, just got news through um, to Rugby Australia, New Zealand Rugby just said that they're not coming. And there was sort of a lot of talk about the fact that everyone had agreed to it and this was, um, had been all sort of cleared and everyone had signed off on it. And then um, New Zealand had decided that, no, it wasn't feasible for them to do. And I think that was more New Zealand Rugby rather than the All Blacks team in themselves, uh, which cast this whole sort of foray of what's going to happen in the Rugby Championship um, completely up in the air. Um, but it's great to see that we, we do have a definite plan now. Yeah, there's all sorts of stories going around about New Zealand trying to uh, leverage some of their private equity partners and, and try and encourage things to go overseas, Northern Hemisphere. But um, I don't think any of the rugby championship teams would have been too stoked with the idea of getting pushed into a, a Northern Hemisphere stadium um, at least well, I think Queensland stands out as a good option because of all the states in Australia bar WA that seem to actually have a handle on their, their COVID situation, which may allow these teams to stay relatively close by between Brisbane and the Gold Coast um, and not have a whole lot of restrictions. Again, they're going to play Gold, what is it? Gold Coast doubleheader, Brisbane doubleheader, Townsville doubleheader, and then back to Gold Coast doubleheader. How does Suncorp not get two games and all that? That's, I mean, two doubleheaders. That's it's nice to have the regional game. It would be a scheduling issue with the amount of rugby league that's going on in Brisbane as well. Every sport in Australia is getting shifted to Queensland, it seems. Yeah, they're all hiding out in the same spot. Everyone's hiding out in the sun. Um. So Bledisloe 3, the biggest news I think we've heard recently is the fact that they're going to be missing a couple of notable names in the All Black squad for this test. Um, the latest list I've seen is Sam Whitelock not going to be there, Richie Moanga not going to be there, um, Aaron Smith not going to be there, those three all awaiting uh, one of their babies' births. And then also we're not going to see Shannon Frizzell, Dane Coles still not going to be touring with the squad either. Um, so you see the likes of uh, Finlay Christie coming in um, as halfback cover as well. And then you're probably likely to see, oh yeah, you have Takiyaho covering us in the hooker as he has been doing. Um, and I guess you're likely to see some Barrett's start and whether it's a Weber or TJ Perinara 
combination at that nine ten. Um, what do you guys think of that? Do you think that that's the opening that the Wallabies need here coming coming into a team that is missing just a few of those sort of um, lightning star players? I would I'd take any disruption to the All Blacks anytime. Like not ideal because Richie's definitely cemented himself as the ten. Aaron Smith is just ageless. And Sam Whitelock, I think, you know, he runs the line out. He's a motivator. He's a leader. Um, if if there's a chink in their armour because they're back to a, a TJ Bowden or a Brad Weber Bowden uh, halves pairing that might not be as fresh as as they had been in previous years, um, I guess Brody and um, Ritalik, uh, sorry, Brody Ritalik and um, Scott Barrett being the second row or Pat, or Pat Tuapalotu, like, it doesn't really matter, really. They've got so much depth. These guys have all played together at times. Um, I don't think it weakens them a lot, but um, maybe just, you know, links between the 10 and 12, links through around the ruck there. Like, is Brad Weber or TJ quite the same organiser as Aaron Smith behind a ruck? The guy just screams his lungs out for 80 minutes and pulls everyone into position. Uh, if TJ is kind of floating around there as a second-line defence, not as focused, some of those lines we run around the ruck could be really good. Um, but they're all elite players. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna hamper them. They they have two or three sides that are competitive, so their bench depth just refills and they go again. Yeah, I expect a you know TJ to start after he's recommitted to New Zealand rugby, um, and I think that's really good to have him back. Obviously, his combination from the Canes with Bowden over so many years is is such a benefit to to them. But I think, yeah, lack of match fitness will hamper them slightly. Though, like you say, Leah, the, the quality of these players, the depth they have, it's not really going to matter. Um, but that's bearing in mind, I think, as well. Australia's pretty solid um, record when it comes to the, you know, dead rubbers of, of the Bledisloes, whether it be the third or fourth Bledisloes in the series you know, often played in somewhere like Suncorp when we get a win, I think Perth off the back of that record margin against the All Blacks is um, is pretty handy in some respects. I and mean, you can understand why they weren't that keen to go back there um, and maybe leverage some more money by going to somewhere like Twickenham. But I'm glad that, you know, the WA rugby public actually get an opportunity to see these teams play. The game was sold out Um and hopefully everyone can get there that was actually meant to be there on the previous date. Um, but, yeah, I think this the Wallabies have an opportunity. I don't expect the All Blacks to be too much weaker with these three guys missing, but it's something, you know. Like, it's you got to pounce on little opportunities like this, maybe Bowden and TJ a little bit rusty coming in um, in the first 20, and maybe we, we can actually get that fast start going and, and take advantage, get on top of them early. So looking at this blood is low, and obviously we might, we'll probably end up doing another quick review before we the game when we actually have the team lineups. But in terms of what it means in terms of world rugby, um, after this is the last game before we get to two exactly two years out from world rugby, um, I initially thought that this would then influence what the pools look like, but they are already sorted. But so things to know is currently Australia is in sixth in the world rugby rankings. Argentina was there, but then dropped just below Australia with that last defeat. Um, South Africa is obviously on top with New Zealand in second. If the All Blacks win this third blood is low by uh, 100 points, they can overtake South Africa. So 
unlikely. Motivation, you're saying. Yeah. So I think that's on the unlikely spectrum. The probably thing that we need to think about is if the Wallabies win and if they win well, um, if they win, they can go leapfrog France and go to fifth. If they win by 16 or more points, they can leapfrog France and Ireland and end up to fourth in the world, which it's been a while since we've been in the top four um, in those world rugby rankings. How many do we have to beat New Zealand by for them to have lost by enough to drop to third? I don't think they can drop to third unless... Okay. I don't think they've ever... They've never been anything but top one or two. Yeah, they've never I don't been think they've ever that. that, so... Yeah. I was just looking for more uh, motivation. Maybe, maybe 50 points or something. Not yeah, a record I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm So sure, probably not that. I'm sure the limit exists, theoretically. It's so, probably like 300 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. They need to all be sent off. Yeah. No, so, I mean, that's, that's motivation. They should be talking about that, not because it's the only thing that matters, but, um, you know, there's, there's things that might lift the players in moments in these games. And I think when you, when you talk about the opportunity to, to jump up the rankings, that's something that's real tangible result like let's get a win and let's get a good win and we're aiming for this many we're not going to slack off um if we do get ahead um you know that, that's think, all just adds importance to the game and it's, it's motivation enough though like playing the all blacks is just such a big deal and the fact that we had as we do with every year that goes by we have a lot of hope in the in the first game or two look we didn't embarrass ourselves completely in in eden park it's such a tough place to play as people have pointed out, you know, in terms of actually getting wins over the All Blacks the last five years, we've been doing it more often than not. And that's because we get more opportunities. But, you know, like we do disrupt them when they're playing away from home. So, again, I think we have an opportunity here. I think Rennie and the team are actually going to be a bit unhappy with... It's probably more New Zealand rugby than the actual All Blacks because I think the players were always up for playing and it was more the organisation holding that back. But I think there's a fair bit of motivation there to make a statement here on home soil, um, show that we should be taken seriously with, you know, another four games in the rugby championship to go where potentially we could get three out of four wins against, say, South Africa and Argentina. Like, that's not out of the question. But we really want to, you know, start well on home soil, get that momentum, keep that kind of aura going that the force built up you know, over the last couple of years and positivity over in the West, if we can really put in a good performance here in front of it, I think it'll be a fairly big crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just got some good news. They've got the AFL grand final coming to Perth. You know, like people are up to go and watch sport there. And I think Wallabies can do the, do, do the whole nation proud in a pretty tough moment. And then the focus is back on them in, in a positive light going in against South Africa at the Gold Coast. So there's a lot to play for. Yeah, absolutely. And when you look at what happened um, with the last Bledisloe in Perth, like there's, they can start to build a little bit of a mantra and a little bit of um, momentum and sort of a bit of uh, feeling that that might, new stadium might be a bit of a fortress for them as well. Um, interestingly, I was looking at the stats on the All Blacks and they've only won one out of the last five games when playing in Queensland. 
So do yeah. you think that makes a difference for them going into the rest of the rugby championship? I mean, they're not playing Australia in Queensland. They're just playing... Yeah, the, the, the stats I think it's just has us. to be based on that, right? The Suncorp crowd is, is such a massive factor when they're supporting someone like the Wallabies or the Maroons there. That's huge. When it's, you know, it's a neutral ground for South Africa, New Zealand or whatever, I don't think it's going to hamper them too much. You know, they avoid playing us at Suncorp this year. So Perth's the next, probably the next best option for us. Well, we might just leave it there at the moment. Um, we won't get into anything too deep before we know what teams we're looking at for this upcoming uh, Bledisloe Clash Sunday Rugby. Something to look forward to, definitely, but another week to wait yet while all these teams are making their way, Australian All Blacks over to Perth and Argentina and South Africa will be flying into Queensland to um, conduct their quarantine stay as well. Um, make sure you are keeping up with everything extra that's happening. We will continue to try and bring you any extra news. We'll be back next Thursday, uh, probably, hopefully, with the team list for this Bledisloe 3 clash to have a look at that. What tactics Rennie's men are going to have to use to get their first win over the All Blacks in 2021. Um, but it's only going to get bigger from there. Can't wait to um, see some of these double headers coming out of Queensland. I'm just absolutely gutted that I won't be able to make it over there. And I'm sure the rest of you are. Um, in our podcast studios and around Australia, everywhere outside, that we won't be able to get to see some of these games because it would be absolutely magical to see um, some of these. It's something that you you won't see many oftentimes uh, ever in world rugby, I don't think. But until then, guys, make sure you are subscribed to us on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. And... Keep tuning in. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep on running. Run.